Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 90 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, Limerick's favourite son and undefeated mixed martial arts coach, coach Sean Sheehan. Sean, coach, I should say, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Well, yeah, I'm okay. We've been a good break now, two weeks off. So, not much has actually happened. That's a small bit, I suppose. But it's good, it's good to be back. We just we people give it out to us, Andrew, for not... Uh, for not here. providing our free podcast. Well, our subscription podcast was a big hit last week. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> the alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to just, before we get into the nitty-gritty, to thank you, my sensei. Gold at the weekend in Dublin. I wouldn't have done it without you. Thank you very much. I saw you. What did you do? You, uh, I remember I watched it. A knee bar. Knee bar, oh yeah. A knee bar and a calf slicer. Fucking Husamar Palaris. If he was from Dundalk. Andrew Ryan. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Gordon possibly. McGahan. Same person. Same person. Sean. Yeah. Do you know what really helped me? At the weekend, though. <laughs> what was, what was that? No. <laughs> so, I was able, you know, the chips were down. There was a few scrambles. Yeah. I was just able to keep going that little bit longer. Fueled by OROSNutrition.com. Boom. Proud sponsors of the Severe MA podcast. They missed us last week. They said it felt like an eternity. The Severe MA podcast is back from its holiday. I feel refreshed. I feel vitalized. I feel like I've just taken a lot of ORS nutrition supplements, Sean. They're the best things. Like they, they, you know, they, they get they got us back. I've been taking a lot of them. I've been taking my um my oh, Omni yeah. joint there. Because you're 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 facing you're on death's door at the moment. <laughs> I'm the on man death's flu. door at the moment. Man yeah. flu episode. Uh, well, it's not really man flu, but they're good. Like you can you can tell you can feel the difference. A bit of krill oil, a bit of Omni joint, a bit of bit of multivitamin. You know, That's get a get a man through the death's door. You know, and if you're just maybe looking for. Different things, supplements for workouts. That's exactly where you need to be heading. ORSNutrition.com. If you're a GEA player, the mighty Dundalk FC, Sean, three in a row, capturing mm-hmm. the league last night in Oriel Park. They're linked with ORSNutrition.com. They, like, I keep saying it every week. If you're a young, aspiring athlete in any field, you need to be getting onto ORSNutrition.com. They have it broken down by packages. I notice uh, their advertisement at the moment, they actually have a boxing a competition package as well it's a stack of things that they feel you need if you're getting ready for a boxing fight maybe you're someone Sean who's doing a white collar MMA bout coming up to Christmas or a white collar boxing bout up to Christmas and you just feel like you need those supplements to get you through the training maybe you're not used to put, pushing yourself three or four times a week to get ready for something like that or rest nutrition have absolutely everything that you need to stay covered from pre-workouts post-workouts proteins both whey, both whey and plant-based They've got absolutely everything. As we all say, GEA players, they have it uh, separated by category. Uh, GEA, athletics, martial arts, soccer, absolutely everything under the sun. To the moon and back for your fitness needs, rosnutrition.com have you covered. I know this sounds good. I know you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a great deal. I'm going to go for it. We have something exclusively for the Severe MMA podcast listeners that makes it just that little bit better. Use the discount code SEVEREMMA for 25% off, Sean. 25% off. It's too much. 
as a just as a side reference to to get a scale of how much it is. Monday is my cheat day. If I got twenty five percent off my KFC just there, I would have saved four euro. That's a lot. I suppose it is. Yeah, really. When you look at it that way, off a small meal. But if you're getting supplements, twenty five euro or twenty five percent off is huge. Use the discount code Severe MMA at checkout on your first order, and you will get a whopping. 25% 25% off your first order. Check out ORSNutrition.com on all social medias, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The lot. Am I forgetting anything, Sean? No, I don't They're think so. They're wonderful. I, just, I, I never, they have so much stuff going on. I just never want to um, to leave and them out or to forget the, something. Their prices are actually reasonable too. You know, sometimes these places, they, oh, they'll inflate a price and then they give you money off to make it look better. But they actually don't. Their prices are actually very reasonable and then they give you the money off as well. So support them. They're Irish. They support us. So give them an old lash. 25% off severe MMA. ROSnutrition.com. Boom. Excellent. So, Sean, did you enjoy your week off? Did you enjoy your holiday? I, I suppose I did, Judge. Yeah. I, I missed you last. There was a. There was a Sean Sheehan, like, void gap, in your heart, a void in my life, yeah, last week. And I was just kind of like, oh, I was, I had nothing to do last Monday. You know, I was just kind of chilling. And you know what? The best thing about it is, next Monday, a spooky special of the Severe MMA podcast. Halloween, is it? My it's... birthday, Sean. Oh, your birthday. My oh, birthday my is next Monday. So we're going to have a birthday edition of the Severe MMA podcast next week. So nice. I'm giving you all plenty of notice to get the presents. You know, get them ready. Episode 91, we'll be celebrating Andrew turning 24. We may just dedicate an hour talking about how great I am, Sean. What do you think? It'll be a fucking short hour. (laughs) Or the longest hour of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, One or the other. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get on to that later on. But I suppose, despite in our absence, there has been um, a little bit going on in the world of mixed martial arts. No fights, per se. No cards that we could get over and talk about. But um, I suppose, what would we start with? UFC Belfast is coming up yeah. thick and fast. Time to get excited. And we got a little bit of bad news during the week. Gunnar Nelson has suffered an injury. He's had to pull out of the card um, against Don Hyung Kim. But I believe there's a replacement that's been touted. Is it official yet? Yeah, it's official. Yeah. Uh, Gegar Mousasi. Welcome to us. Yeah, versus Uriah Hall is going to headline the card now. Um, I think when this, is, when this was released, a lot of people said, okay, maybe that's not, you know, it's not worse of a fight. Some people said it was a better fight. Some people said, you know, it wasn't too bad of a replacement. But I think for the Irish market, I think Gunnar Nelson was important. Obviously, we know he's, he's, um, his connection with SPG and, you know, Joe Dadai, 50 articles a day about him and stuff uh, coming up to his fights, you know, because he's, you know, <laughs> he's bitching with Conor McGregor and, you know, th- th- those are the kind of things that kind of happen and he's been pushed into this and now not his fault, it's, you know, but it, it's been good for him, I suppose, and he's pushed into the Irish psyche and I think people knew him. Um, for Gegar Mousasi and Roy Hall, now the... The fans, you know, like myself and you, or people coming to sport, and the fans of sport know these guys and realize how great they are. But I'm not sure the everyman knows who they are. You know, does does the casual Irish fan really know who Gegard Mousasi and Raya Hall are? 
not too sure they they actually do. They might, you know, they might have heard of them offhand, but are they going to buy a ticket or go because of it? And I suppose the tickets are already gone, so maybe that doesn't make much of a difference. But we're talking about the buzz. You know, you've talked about it, you know, lots of times about having the wrong main event and stuff for cards and maybe people leaving before the main event and stuff. And I know that probably won't happen here because uh, because of the way the card is uh, is actually set up, but. I'm, I'm. I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest. I think Gunnar Nelson would have been a good crescendo to the night. What I suppose we'll just kind of put this up there because it is still up in the air. Where do you see Neil Siri ending up placing on this card? Uh, I think uh, actually, I was just on Twitter there before we started, and I think people were saying that he's not on the main card. I'm just looking on a fight pass here, or sorry, on um, on Wikipedia, and the. the it's changed since the last time I looked at it, so I think this is actually the official lineup, and they have Gunnar or um, Gunnar Nelson, Neil Siri, and Ian McCall on top of the prelim card, so he's not on the main card. And they have Artem Labov, Ishihara, Timothy Johnson versus Volkov, Ross Pearson versus James Kraus, and Musasi against Hall on as the main card, four fight main card. I don't know about that. To be honest, Timothy Johnson versus Volkov. I know Volkov is a good fighter, and they maybe want to push him, but I think McCall and Siri would be would be better there. Uh, especially like this is going to be um, a full fight pass card in the US. So this is you know this this is a card really for the locals and things. And having Siri as the fifth fight from the top, that's a bit that's a bit weird to me. Very weird. Yeah. Keep that in your head because I want to use that as our segue into maybe changes that are coming within the UFC um, that we've saw in the last couple of weeks. So we'll just maybe, so like, I think you're completely right. Siri could even be bumped up as high as co-main yeah. because the fact that it is shown on Fight Pass exclusively means that they're not really having to worry about ratings television-wise. Maybe they can think that, okay, it's a... Uh, do you know, are the American people that are going to be watching on Fight Pass, are they going to care about it? But you cannot keep diluting the European events in such a way that it's leaving an anticlimactic. So the Rotterdam is the best card. It worked in reverse. Do you know, quiet, 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 Dutch explosion. Do you yeah. know, you don't want the crowd losing it if Siri beats McCall. And then what happens? Settling back down. And then again, I think I'm overestimating Irish MMA fans or UFC or Irish UFC fans that this, they're going to stay regardless. You know, you're yeah. paying your money for a UFC ticket. You're there. It's a night out. They're going to be uh, having a couple of drinks. Pure mixed martial arts fans are going to want to stay anyway to watch the whole fight. People that are there maybe on the on the session or, or this or that or going for a, their first UFC event maybe, they're going to stay as well. So I think the UFC kind of have it with their name. You know, it's not like a BAM or a Cage Warrior situation that you have to stack the card depending on who is going to have the most people in the arena by the end of it. Because I don't think there's going to be too much of that walking out in terms of uh, at Belfast. Yeah, look, for me, I think Ian McCall is a big star too. Like, I think, I'd argue that this is the best fight on the card for me. Um, like, Musasi and Hall is a good fight. But I saw that, we saw that once already, you know, I like I like the fight, like, but I, you know, I'd rather I, if they said that was going to be on the fight pass prelims, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going too insane over it. Like, I think, you know, I don't think Siri McCall, I, I don't think Siri McCall could be the main event, but I, I do think it, it, it could be the, the co-main event. And I think usually, usually I'm one, 
I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, it doesn't really matter where it is, you know. But when when Siri is the only Irish person, well, you've Artem Lavov as well, but Siri, you know, Siri's kind of the Irish star on the card or whatever. And like, yeah, you have to you have to cater for your local audience as well. Like if you had, say, Artem is opening the main card, if you had Siri two fights above that, even make it a five-fight main card, I, I think that's big. I think it matters. Like when you're watching on telly, it doesn't really matter. But when you're there live, I think it matters. And I think they need to cater for the people who are actually going to be there live. Like another thing as well is that they have no, no one from Northern Ireland on this card, which I think is a huge mistake. Like there's, there's a lot of guys like... Alan Philpott could have got a fight in this. Uh, Norman Park could have got could could have got a fight in this. There's lots of guys, you know, Carl Moore, maybe even uh, Reese McKee's young, like Charlie. Charlie what's Charlie Ward three and one? Well, is what Reese McKee three and three and all four and all? Like if Charlie Ward's getting signed, Reese McKee could be getting signed as well, especially when there's a a fight in his uh, in his hometown. Like I'm very very surprised they didn't get someone from Northern Ireland on this card. Um, and maybe you know, as you kind of alluded there, maybe it's a sign of things to come, but. It's it's not a it's not a terrible card. Uh you have Haraguchi against Bagatinov has moved on to this which is gonna be on the prelims, which is a very, very good fight. I think that could be on the main card as well. Um and you have you know the Lava Vishihara fight is a pretty good one as well. So it's not a terrible card, not a you know, it's not a great card either, I suppose. Since we since the unbelievable um, McGregor versus Brandau card, we've kind of been just ravaged by injuries and you know all sorts of different things. Um, the last UFC Dublin, obviously this UFC Belfast, kind of seems to be going that way as well. With Conor Nelson going out, so um, it might be the last. Uh, it might be the last card we have for a while. So maybe uh, we better enjoy it. I suppose. That's what I was gonna say. We joked and laughed and. UFC Dublin, we're not here to take part. Ireland's gonna take over. The uh, the UFC are gonna come back. Crow Park's gonna happen. We're gonna get good cards. It was definitely someone trying to tell us, lads. No, you're not at the time, but we weren't listening. We weren't listening. We were overcome with joy. We thought that the sport was well. The sport has exploded in the country. We will admit that. But I I I think you could say that maybe the progression of the sport and the standard of the cards in the country since that night in Dublin, hasn't lived up to the expectations maybe that we had built up at the time. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, when... Or so has when, it? Has thousands of people in, a, in the three arena for Bama shown the growth of the sport in the country? It has, definitely. The sport has definitely grown and the fan base has grown. But as you say, the cards, the cards are not going to get better than that one, I don't think, because... you. When guys come into the UFC, uh, we were always talking about like Joseph Duffy, his first his first fight, he's like four to one to knock someone out. Mark Degasi the same, you know. You catch these guys before people really know them, and I think that UFC Dublin card, we Ireland caught the wave before people really knew the fighters. If you know what I mean, you know, like okay, apart from McGregor, none of them they're not world beaters. Like they're all very good fighters, but they all. You know, they all caught the wave at the exact kind of same time, and it was just kind of a perfect crescendo. We had Ian McCall as well in that card, which was, you know, which was very good, and there was, you know, there was a couple of good fights in it, and obviously McGregor as well, which was the difference maker really. But that it'll be very, very unusual for that to actually happen again, uh, unless you know all these new breed of guys come up and, and come together. But it. We were just lucky, to be honest, to get get it that way. And I remember even before that, we were talking about it. And, you know, that wasn't on paper. That wasn't the greatest card ever either. But it was 
in hindsight, I think looking back at it and being there on the night, it's just you can see how great it actually turned out. Um, but I don't know, can that happen again? Like the, these cards, maybe now that's, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, I suppose, maybe now that there's going to be less cards and stuff, they might be getting a little bit better. Uh, but I don't know, is the frequency of the cards going to be the same? Like we, this is a pretty good card for what it is, you know, for a fight night card, you know, in in a foreign city to 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 the US, you know, um, but I, I don't know. I think if we're expecting you know, the the second, we'll say you'll see Dublin. Um, if we're expecting that every time, we're going to be disappointed a lot, you know, unless McGregor can can drag them to Croke Park or something, which looks very very unlikely, but it could happen. Um, I don't think there's anything great gonna gonna be coming to the Tree Arena or to the what is it, the SSE Hydro in, in Belfast. Is that what it's what? I just call it the Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey, yeah. The Odyssey. Um so there we go. It is uh, there was one more thing I was gonna talk to you about it before we uh, switched on to the UFC owners, um UFC Belfast card placement, local fighters. <clears throat> what do you foresee? as the best case scenario for this card, if we're looking at, is there anything that can be done by the community, the fans in attendance, the numbers that maybe are going to be watching it, that the UFC will have to turn around and say, this is a spot that we need to come back to. At a price, like, because we're about to transition into a topic talking about how the UFC are going to run for the next couple of years, and it seems like there could be less European events. So, is Ireland going to be a staple 18 months or are we looking at maybe three years sort of sort of job? It's tough to know, and I suppose we won't know until maybe this time next year. Uh, but what can the fans do? The fans can cheer louder. Cheer louder, mm-hmm. exactly. No, but seriously, that that could make a difference. Like you know, there's still tickets left. Actually, you know, the place it hasn't been sold out. I was looking the other day, but there, well, all I think all the cheap tickets have been sold, but there's still you know mid range tickets left. Um, it hasn't been sold out, so maybe. You know, maybe they're looking. If they're looking to come back to Ireland again, they're probably looking at Dublin, considering it didn't. You know, it didn't sell out immediately. But yeah, cheer louder. Just you know, <laughs> cheer louder. <laughs> blow, the, blow the roof off the place, and that's that's the only. I think that's the only thing you can do, I suppose. But I'm sure they will do that. Like people will do that. It's, you know, just Northern Irish fans are very good. Like even at UFC Dublin, lots of people travel down from Northern Ireland. Now, I was talking to a lot of people, even for the Bama cards and stuff. Loads of people travel down from Northern Ireland. So, how many people? You know, I think Northern Ireland is a huge MMA fan base. Um, and I think a lot of people obviously travel up as well. So yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. And I think there will be a, a, a raucous atmosphere there. But as I say, it's a pity there isn't an Northern Irish fighter on. Like, I, I, I imagine if Norman Park and Joseph Duffy fought in the main event, that like they'd, you know, the, the roof would be lifted off the place with that. Actually, it'd be unreal. It'd be way better than Musasi in Uri Hall, I think. Dropping, but, dropping a harsh. Harsh truth onto your uh, your boy. Who's my boy? My my prime. Uh, my what's his name? Sean Sheehan, impressionist. Yeah, well, there you go. Undefeated I'm MMA coach, international level impressionist. Yeah, nine regrets better than me. Though, in fairness, oh well, that he is at the end of a T. We, yeah. We'll give him that. Um, so this can now link in, I suppose, to how we're gonna transition onto the next topic. Changes. Yeah, and I see those changes. Wake up in the morning, and I ask myself, 
It's life worth living, should I blast myself? That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I suppose this all culminated, well, it's culminated the right word? I suppose start, you know, it's actually, the opposite. well, I suppose maybe it's culminated in one way and started in another way um, with the UFC sacking a lot of people, letting them go this week, including the likes of Gary Cook, your, your boy Gary Cook. Um, no one is safe. Known as if Tom Wright as well uh, sacked this week, and there's rumours of um, Tough is going to be cancelled, which Bonner reported. Which but UFC came out the next day, and our leaks came out the next day and said they're looking for a next tough one. Maybe that's the last one or something like that. But we can talk about that. And um, uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Which we alluded to earlier. There's going to be a cut down in the schedule of events from where's it about? Going up towards fifty this year to maybe uh, mid thirties next year or something like that. So none of this is official, no. But that's the kind of rumor coming out of there. Uh, first of all, the the firings, and I suppose you you'd be dealing with the the people uh, kind of working close to you, see more than me. Uh, what what did you think when you saw like a lot of these people fired? Like especially, I think the Canada crew, which. Had been doing lots of... Uh, Went from 10 to 2, I believe, Ariel tweeted. Was that it, Eight yeah. people let go from the Canadian office. Dave Scholler has also left the UFC to yeah. take another job. Um, Joe Silva heading out as well. <clears throat> All of these things were kind of expected. and But it was like... You'd know that the product would keep continuing to run as it was. Yeah. I can see... Okay, let's just kind of look at it from the point of view of where they're coming from, Okay. We need to get over it, Sean. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. But that was my two-pack reference as well, by the way. I, just I, I heard it, I yeah. was waiting for you to burst into rapturous I was laughter. Actually, I was muted at the, at the time <laughs> coughing, so I couldn't Oh, well then. Um, UFC television rights in the States, I believe, are up for negotiation at the end of next year. In order to buy the UFC to begin with, WME and all of the different investors would have had to leverage a lot of money. So the UFC now, in their first couple of years, they need to be saving money to pay off the debts that they would have acquired in order to buy the UFC to begin with. That's not to say that in a couple of years' time they're going to go back up to these numbers. Maybe they're looking at doing things a little bit more efficiently. There's a lot more people involved now. It's no longer just a sole entity that's running the UFC. So they're expanding, expanding, expanding. Um, These guys now have to figure out the best way to run it efficiently for the next couple of years. If they reduce the amount of events and stack their pay-per-views more, like we've seen towards this year, 202, 205, quite a lot of cards this year, you would say, are well in the running for on paper being card of the year. And it would have been your marquee event in years gone. So with the UFC working towards renegotiating a television deal and pay-per-view numbers increasing with this year, we've seen Conor McGregor pull in some big figures then I believe that they're doing the right thing because it puts them in a much stronger negotiating position when they're going to renew these television rights because they can say, look, we're not oversaturated anymore. We're putting on these cards and we're drawing in this, 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 this and these numbers. You know, And you have to think that cards like UFC Belfast or maybe other European cards that would have been on television in the States, they won't help the overall, the overall product. And that's what I'm saying with this. It looks like they're maybe not going to focus on an international expansion as much. And next year, from the stuff that has come out, the rumors that have come out, that it's going to be North America based for next year for the UFC. 
you put that down to is this a good thing for the brand I think yes it's what they need to do for the next 12 months for the first year that these guys are in charge to set the tone to say we're not playing around now give us good money for these television deals and we can work from there yeah for me I think look it's it's obviously a cost cutting uh, measure that they're doing and I think uh, something that people didn't realise and I didn't realise but maybe it's not that I didn't realise that I didn't think about it like all these people, a lot of these people that were sacked were kind of, or let go, or whatever you want to say, were people that could easily be replaced by people that WME already have on board. Like WME, IMG, they own lots of different companies and run lots of different things. They already have, uh, let's say, a social media branch. They already have, probably have a building where 100 people work on social media or whatever. It's easy for them to say, okay, there's whatever there's 10 people running it for the UFC or whatever okay we let them go and we'll consume that into ours and let them run it and uh, I think the UFC did a fantastic job on social media but from listening to people talk about it I, I don't think it was as corporate and maybe as as um uh, as industrial maybe as the way that other people do it I think it was more kind of fan friendly um, more kind of homely if you want to put it that way and I think that's that's one of the big changes that that's going to happen and you can you can say that about all the different um, all the different areas which have been let go so just the WME IMG already have those um, infrastructures in place and they're just going to kind of consume the UFC into that thus cutting costs obviously all those people their wages are going to be off the the, uh, the book and everything and, and that's going to cut a lot of costs from with the international events I think um, I think there's a thing about it that they did it was a great concept and they obviously wanted to bring MMA all over the world and bring the UFC everywhere and, but I'm not sure how feasible that was like when they don't have pay-per-view backing them when um, uh, Fight Pass will only take you so far really and how much money are they actually making out of those like it, it, just moving the cage you know bringing the employees over flying the fighters out like how much is this costing you to bring it to to go out foreign? Because you're paying taxes there, and you're paying taxes in the US as well. You know, it's it must be it must be very tough. And when you don't have the TV deals in place as well, like it, it took ages from to get a TV deal here, a right one. Now they have BT Sport, maybe not. That's not the best TV deal, but it's something. You know, it's on the the second biggest sports channel in. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. who's Fucking ringing? Graham, Answer. and I have my phone. Answer. No, I have my phone on mute and everything. Um, but um, you're doing yeah. the podcast, are you? You fucking prick. Um, yeah, but like, say Germany. I don't think they have a TV deal in Germany, do they? Look, all those German cards have been very weak. A lot, like they've gone into a lot of places that just. It seems like they're going there just to kind of satisfy the fan base, and they have no actual infrastructure there. And I think things like that are going to uh, are going to be gone now. To be honest, they might. They might have one of those cards a year, and that'll be that. But to to your point earlier about uh, Ireland and about England and stuff, I think they. I think this is a strong market. I think apart from the Brazil, Canada, America markets, which can they can do pay per views in. Okay, maybe Brazil and Canada aren't as strong as they used to be, but I'm talking about the non pay per view markets. I think this is actually the strongest. So I think we might have st- struck it a bit lucky. Um, 
I think there probably will be um, a couple, you know, a couple of English cards a year and maybe one Irish card a year or every 18 months. Um, you saw, you, you can just look at the, I don't think anyone from the English um, department was let go. I could be wrong there now, but um, James Elliott anyway is still there, the, the guy who was running it. Um uh, well, as the podcast is is being recorded, and you hopefully, you know, he says, and he seems to be a, a good guy. Uh, but I, I think we might have struck a little bit lucky, and I think obviously it's going to be cut down. I don't think there's going to be as much, maybe. But I think this is a market that's pretty good for the UFC, as we talked about. There's infrastructure here, like there's gyms. There's good gyms in England. There's good gyms in Ireland. It's on TV, uh, you know, on on BT Sports. It's on Tree here as well. You know, do you remember they got it on? Um, was it on Channel Five or something for one of the cards there last year? So, but there, there's interest anyway. Um, and I think I think that's something that the UFC need everywhere, and they didn't get it everywhere, but they have it here, and I think they have it in America, and I think, um, you know, obviously. Uh, for me, and, I, and I'll just the last thing on this, that you you said they're moving moving UFC to be a very centralized American thing is a good thing, and I tend to agree. And I don't think I would have agreed a few years ago, but I think it's it's better off to be honest. I think Try this international, yeah, this international expansion just it just hasn't worked. You know, these cards are too weak. It's stopped people caring about it. It's a trial now to watch, uh, to watch the UFC sometimes, and I think it's better. I think twenty five to thirty cards a year is exactly what the UFC needs. Perfect. I know people are going to lose their jobs because of that, and the fighters are going to going to get cut because of it. But I think it's a necessary evil, and I honestly think it'll make the standard of MMA better as well because. It'll make the likes of Bama better. It'll make cage wars better. It'll make legacy, all those American promotions a lot better because they'll have a better talent. You'll see better fighters emerging because they have better opponents to fight against. And you'll, you know, you'll, you're going to see the level of MMA rise. Um, so I, it, it's a bad thing in one way, but it, it's a good thing in another way. And I suppose the next year will tell a lot about how it's going to go. I'm getting like, it sounds like there's a cat at your microphone purring. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Oh, it's gone now, I think. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, when it, just on that, we get on to George. Uh, George, next. <sighs> Vegas, get rid of it, okay? It seems that the whole Las Vegas thing, fight capital of the world thing, I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas is used sparingly for the UFC in the next year. Um, maybe a couple of big fights, maybe a couple of lesser fights. But the company isn't going to be based out of Nevada anymore. You know, I believe it's going to be LA. Was that reported as well? Uh, there's talks about it, but I wouldn't be too. I wouldn't be 100 percent sure about that. I think people uh, are overestimating the whole Nevada be, yeah. thing. That could be something yeah. in the next two years, as opposed to the next year that we're going to see. But I would like to see them go and start putting these big cards all around the states. You know, in different places. But again, can you really just? count out the bankability of something like Las Vegas for a Conor McGregor fight. You know, I I honestly do think that he has come out and made it fairly clear that he doesn't want to fight in Las Vegas again after the fine. Um that see could the, that could be oh yeah the the punishment. The fine, yeah, just see that. They, they didn't actually it's seventy five thousand yeah. fine and seventy five thousand that he has to spend on the public service information ad that they have to that they have to do as part of his punishment. Yeah. Which is crazy, but as an aside from that, we were off last week, Sean. We give um we give Ariel the go ahead. We said, look, 
we're not going to be on this Monday. Go on ahead, do that, break that story. Yeah, he had Saint Pierre on the show. He announced that he was out of his UFC contract, and then within hours, the UFC released a statement to say that he was still under contract. Yeah, as the man that's done the nuts and bolts, the nitty and gritty, and maybe researched all of this, I'll just hit you with my thoughts on it. From what I understand... <laughs> Did you say you've done the research? No, no, you have. I mean, and right. then I'm just saying, I'll just give you my point <laughs> yeah, on it and then you can correct me. It's okay. George St. Pierre had up until a time to be given a bout agreement from the UFC because he said he wanted to fight. Yeah. They emailed him at the 11th hour saying, how about Lawler? And he is now saying, and his lawyer is saying, that does not constitute as a bout agreement. Was I right with that? Uh, yeah, I think. Take it away, Sheehan. I, I, no, but I, I'm not sure to be honest. I think, I think that's, that's kind of the. Yeah, I think that's kind of right. Look, his lawyer is, is James Quinn, and he's, uh, he's a big lawyer in New York. Like he's worked with, I believe he's worked with the NBA and the the NFL and guys like that. Um, you know. Leading the way through, through contract disputes and through you know through these these work stoppages and things, um, he knows what he's doing. So if he, what look what they did was, they they gave, they gave GSP, uh, or no, James Quinn, GSP's lawyer, gave the UFC a deadline. Uh, on which they had to make an agreement for a fight or offer him a fight or whatever, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't meet that. Now, Lawler, the Lawler fight. There was something about the Lawler fight, right? But GSP said that he knew Lawler had been injured. He knew that he wasn't fighting on the card, so that he knew that wasn't going to happen. Now, whether that constitutes uh, matchmaking or not, uh, we don't really know. And I think there's a thing that's. I saw a few people discussing it that down through the years um, offering someone a fight can be as simple as texting someone like yeah. or oh, text, text Neil Siri do, you know, do you want to fight Demetrius Johnson next you're week you're in or, he's offering him but I think legally you actually like have to send them a fax or an email or whatever of on, on paper with the other person having signed it or maybe not the other person having it, but the UFC having signed it and you know it all written up and everything so legally obviously we're not lawyers we don't really know 100% for that well, but that's that's, for what, <laughs> that's what's coming out um there's for me it seems like and a lot of people have said this afterwards and i i thought that i exactly at the time when gsp said this um was on aria last week i I never thought he wanted to actually be released from the UFC. I never got that that impression. I think this is all like a, this is all a ploy just to maybe get out of the contract and get a new one, uh, or to get a better deal because the UFC can't afford to lose GSP. Now, uh, I did a live chat the other day. And there was a couple of people talking to me, and um, I was kind of saying that. Uh, and people were, were saying it that do the USB UFC need GSP? Do they have McGregor and they have Ronda? And there's this thing that okay, they don't need him as much as they used to. Definitely not. You know, if they lost GSP, it'd be huge, but it, it wouldn't kill them like it would have a couple of years ago. Uh, but this, like the Canada market, is huge, and they have no one. They have no Canadian fighters apart from him. After losing Rory, uh, he's also probably still the third biggest draw. In, in the UFC um, and I think that's huge 
just a thing about GSP as well that they were talking about re- reintroducing him to new fan base, and I think that is a huge thing as well because a lot of the fans view GSP in a very negative manner. I found out over the last couple of weeks that uh, he's you know boring and he just lays and prays and stuff, and we're glad he's gone. You know, we have knockouts now in the welterweight division, so a lot of people, you know, that's where the fans are coming from. A lot of them, and I know there's a lot of good fans who love GSP who, who like the way he is, but it, it'd be foolish to ignore a lot of, of what people are saying. And I think the UFC are looking at that as well, and they're saying, "Are we going to break the bank for a guy who?" People might not buy these days. Like people are buying Conor McGregor and all, like whatever you want to say about McGregor, his fights are always exciting. Or Ronda Rousey, whatever you want to say about her, her fights are always exciting. You know, people buy buy Brock Lesnar cards because they know there's something mad is going to happen. Well, maybe not his last fight, but you know, lots, uh, uh, you know, lots of his fights. Same with John Jones. You know, you're going to see spectacular things like, and with with GSP in this changing world of MMA. I think he needs to be intro- I think the reintroduction is is always a wise thing and I think it's smart. Um and I think the UFC no I think they know what they're doing especially in the new terms now but we we just spoke there for 50 minutes about cost cutting and about how the UFC are changing over the next year and I think this might be uh, kind of the start of it as well that they're not just going to pout out to the the biggest people um in the UFC uh, and just give them whatever money they want. And I know they've never probably done that, but maybe a guy like George St. Pierre, and you heard guys like Anderson Silva and stuff before, which were paid, they were paid big money. And remember, there's like the thing, the Anderson Silva money before and stuff like that. And I think the UFC did take care of those guys a lot. Uh, but I'm not sure if, if that kind of thing is is going to be tolerated under the WME IMG. I think there's going to be a, like a, you know, a set price or whatever. And if they don't want to take that price, then, you know, they can... <laughs> you know, they, they can take it or leave it. They can wait for their contract to, to get out or, or whatever. The UFC have also in the past, the one thing that they've been criticized as well in their contracts is they would, if a fighter has turned down a fight, their contract can get renewed for six months, extended for an extra six months. And you're kind of like, it's coming from the point of view that you're not taking this fight, now you're in for an extra six months. Do you know? And I do think the landscape of that is changing. The, the wording that St. Pierre's lawyer used as describing the contract was a modern form of slavery. Mm. You know, and I think all you're going to need is one guy to challenge it and win, and then it has to, it's changed completely how it's written, how it's operated, and how things are done. Do you know? And I think Saint Pierre could be that guy. He seems, and I believe he has said that he would happily stay retired if the ruling doesn't work in his favor. So it's not that he wants to like. It's the same with Aldo. Do you know? Like Aldo met with the UFC last week, wanted to be released from his contract. The UFC wouldn't do it. Brett Okamoto was outside. He must have got a tip off. He interviewed uh, Andre Pettineris and Aldo afterwards. And they said, right now, Aldo wants to retire and focus on other things. He doesn't want to fight mixed martial arts anymore. He wants to do boxing. He wants to do kickboxing. He wants to do jiu-jitsu. And, but the, he said Dana White would be like, okay, you have to do it on an event-by-event basis to let us know. And Pettineris was like, no, he just wants to be able to do it. I believe now since then he's been at home, he's discussed, he's talked with family and friends and he is reconsidering his retirement. But um, that's all it's going to take, Sean. It's going to take a martyr. It's going to take one guy to stand up. The same way it's going to take one incident. It took one tragic incident to change the sport in this country. It will take one big incident in terms of somebody challenging a contract or fighters standing up and looking for a union. 
who's going to be that first guy? I think it's going to be George St. Pierre. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure the way he's gone about it is that way. St. Pierre um, is also the most like ridiculously calculated and OCD man in the world. He wouldn't have come out in the MMA hour and said that last week if he didn't know he'd win that in court. Yeah, I think GSB, he always came across to me. Or, sorry, uh, he's yeah. mad and just loves aliens. So maybe that's why he said he's it. Bit, he's a bit as well. I think GSB always came across to me as a guy who's not the smartest guy in the world, but knows it. And knows that he has to surround himself with really smart people and has done that uh, extremely well, better than anyone else. And I think that's actually better than being smart yourself, is surrounding yourself with really intelligent people and really good people in their areas. It worked for you, G- Sean. Yeah. Uh, I think I think GSP is the master of that. Um, yeah, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Like, like all of these things, there's kind of there's the bomb and then there's the silence and you know nothing has been said basically since the MMA or you know a week ago almost to the, the minute um and it's going to be interesting going forward to see how it actually how it actually plays out for me I I think they'll I think they'll probably end up reaching an agreement GSP sounds sounds like he wants to fight um but I, there's a thing as all well that I wouldn't totally rule out GSP not wanting to fight. And I know a lot of people are, you know, okay, I, I don't believe that. I think he does want to fight. But I think people are ruling it out too quickly. I think people are ruling out the idea of he's just trying to stay relevant for his sponsors and to keep the money up. I think people are ruling that out too quickly, to be honest. You know, that's a possibility. That could happen. That could be happening. You know, and we, we actually, we don't know. And that's, I think a lot of people are kind of throwing that idea to the side because that's kind of what Dana White has been saying. And I know Dana White is, is usually 100% wrong <laughs> in these sort of things. But um, he might not be in this one. And I, I don't think he is, to be honest. I think GSP does want to fight. But this this could be, I don't know, it could be, it could be a weird one. It could be, you know, it could be anything happening. But I digress. Please digress some more in the future on other topics. You know, I, I enjoy I enjoy it when you do. Um, I suppose there was a little bit more news that Severe MMA has been covering quite extensively over the last couple of weeks. Yes. We haven't got to talk about it in the way that we'd like to on the podcast, I suppose. The self-titled, self-promoted Sean Sheehan original, the Bama Tour card that's going to hit the three arena on the 16th of December uh, Friday the 16th of December possibly I believe it's that Bama and Bellator teaming up together to put on a show for the fans in the three arena Sean your immediate reaction when you first heard uh, my immediate reaction here, was wait a minute yeah. let's just let's just get this straight here go on can you like move your microphone back a tiny bit no is that better no. It sounds like there's a B inside your microphone. Maybe mute me and then unmute me. Mute yourself mute you. and unmute you. That better? Yes, it's gone. Okay, sweet. That's weird. Um, what were your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts initially were that I'm glad that they're doing this. It's a good car. Um, it's a good idea for Bellator to come to Ireland and and do a big card. Um, and it's good for Bama to get the kick as well. But. I, when Bellator announced King Mo against Satoshi Ishii, I was like, "Oh, really? Is that is that what you're gonna do?" Um, 
Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. I think the Bama card is, is good. Uh, Tom to come out against Allenfield, but that's the kind of fight everyone wanted to see. I think they have Dylan Tuke on the card as well. They have Brian Moore against uh, Nicholas Dalby, which is a great fight. Um, and they have, a, they have a couple of good fights. Um, but the Bellator, they have James Gallagher against... Uh, a man whose name just fails me now. I think he's an English, an English dude. Or is he? Is he Anthony? Anthony something? Maybe he's Amer- American. I'm not too 100 percent sure. But they have James Gallagher on it, which will be good anyway. But I think this, the way they're breaking it up is kind of weird. I think the best fight of the night is probably Dukumai against Philpot, and that's going to be like we'll say like the prelim headliner, and then they're going to go to a Bellator card, which is going to be a little bit weird, I think. But it's a yeah, it's a good idea, and hopefully, um, ho- hopefully it'll go off well. There's going to be obviously a couple of more Bellator fights, I'd say, on it. So yeah, it should be good. What were your initial thoughts? I was delighted. I thought it was a. Gr- I think it's a great platform. I think it's um for these guys. Okay, so it kind of ties into our point about the UFC's expansion. This is an absolutely tremendous chance for Bellator to put themselves on the map in Ireland and the UK over the next year or two. They're doing the right thing. They've co-promoted with the local talent. You talk about infrastructure earlier on. The UFC were going to places where there wasn't a good infrastructure, where there wasn't a good fan base, gym base. They were just trying to get the TV deals. Bellator are now coming to an area that has all of that stuff set up. They have guys that they can fill the cards with. Bama have been doing it and to an excellent degree. Bellator coming over adds a little bit more star power, maybe a little bit more name. They could then maybe even put some money towards the purses of the Bama cards. You know, there could be any any sort of any sort of endless possibilities here with this uh with this partnership. The exposure for the Irish fighters is fantastic. You know, this is no longer Oh, someone got a good knockout and it goes viral and maybe someone will see it. This is Bellator executives watching Irish fighters compete in front of Irish audiences. Do you know, this is tremendous. You put in two good performances on Bama, you're into Bellator. Do you know that sort of way? This is going to be a breeding ground. This is the, the Cage Warriors to UFC link, the Bama to Bellator link. Do you know, this is... Uh, if you are an Irish pro, you want to be getting yourself. You need to be hounding friend of the podcast, Jude Samuel, as as quick as possible. You need to get matched and you need to get on that card. I would expect to see guys like Joe McColgan. You mentioned Reese McKee, Dylan Took. All of these guys are the ones that are... Uh, Reese McKee's fighting for the Lonsdale title. Um, Ryan Curtis is fighting for the Lonsdale title. There's a lot of good Irish opportunities coming up now. It's going to be taken with two hands. You know, I can see Bellator coming back and making this a regular thing. Imagine if they came back every time Bama came back and they co-promoted these shows together for the next while. Also, maybe Bellator have learned from their mistake in the three arena, in the O2 arena in London. You know, we talked about that at the time. I was at it. Largely disappointing crowd. Maybe a bit too big of an arena, but they went in trying to do it on their own thing. You know, but if they had went in on Bama at the start, you know that could have been very good for them. I'd be interested in seeing if they're going to continue to work with Bama on UK shows as well as just Irish shows. Yeah, I think you see it as well there. Like Paul Redmond is now he's fighting a on Bellator the Bama fighter, portion, yeah. or the he's Bellator the, portion. Yeah. He's, I don't know, he's the the you know the expression the village bike, Sean. 
Yes. Paul Redmond Jesus. is the village bike of professional MMA. Yeah, he'll fucking Cade tear, Warriors, he's tear the toe off for that. UFC, Bellator. Oh, great That's man. Good, uh, Happy like, birthday, Reds, as well. Turned nice. 30 last week. Yeah. Fair play to him. Yeah, but it, like, as you say, it's good. Guys like that are going to get the opportunity. I saw Norman Park as well looking to get on the card. Um, Like, it's a good opportunity. Like, yeah. Uh, Reds fighting uh, Daniel Weichelating. Who, who's the name in Bellator? Like that's a that's a good fight for for Reds. if he could win that, you know, he's gonna elevate himself up, and you know that's a good lightweight division there. But I know that's a featherweight as well, actually, which is which is weird. But I think his future is that lightweight, and I think there's a good lightweight division in Bellator, and he can he he could definitely be a player there. You know, um, he he's talented enough to to do that. I think, but yeah, it's. It's it'll be interesting to see the card. You know, it's good that Bellator are coming here, and I heard a rumor they're going to be ringing two or three more cards to Ireland next year, which seemed like a lot. But you'd never know. You know, as you said, it's a strong base here. But as we were talking about earlier, TV deals they need to get on TV. You know, they have to get on live TV here with all their cards. You know, I can't. I don't understand it. Like I know it's they have deals with Channel Five and stuff, but. Uh, they need to get out of those deals. You know, they they have to get on live TV. You know, there's there's channels there on Sky like fucking the extreme channel or, or some of them ones like that. They they easily put them on, no problem. Like that, but they just need to do it. They, you know, it's not gonna you know they're not gonna make any big money out of it. They're not gonna you know it's not gonna be huge for them. But to expand the fan base and to put on these fights, you need. You need live cards. Like the card at the weekend, we couldn't watch it. You know, um, we like if that card was on live that we could watch it, we'd probably be talking about. It. We'd probably do a section on it, but we just can't. We can't. We can't see him here. So you know, you, you're going to either stream it or and people can't stream because you know it's it's, who's, it's illegal. You know, it's illegal, and but you can't watch it the next morning either. Like you know, if you could tape it and wake up, you know, when cards are on late. Um, and it's just detrimental, I think, to product. They, Bellator need to get on live TV here, or they need to just open a stream, you know, so people can watch watch their cards. They have to do that. And I think before this card comes, they haven't long now, but I think they need to do it. They need to get this card on live as well. Bam have done a good job of doing it. You know, they I know they're the whole cards and on, on, but they're compared to their card on. I think it was the same with Bellator in, in London, wasn't it? Even I think some of it was delayed, but. They need to do that. Um, Cage Warriors have done something it. in place by. I don't think so. No, I I don't think they will. But I, they have to. Like they they need to do it eventually. Like they've promised. They've been promising, and it. it's not just me saying. Oh, they need to do it. No, you know, it's not just uh, this wish. You know, this 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 wish that is coming out of the blue. But I'm. I remember like two years ago. Um, even longer, it's probably three years ago. Uh, what was his name? Um, Brian Ribney did an interview and said it's coming. Scott Corker, when he came into the job, said it was coming. Scott Corker did an interview with Luke Thomas, maybe, maybe between six six months and a year ago, saying it's coming. Where that UK TV deal is coming, and it never came. You know, because so they've been talking about it, but it's it's just never came. Um, and then they really need that to get to the next level. I think. Interesting. I'd love to see them get on three or just something like that. Just right. one off, do it live. But then how many would would it would the live event suffer? I don't know. Either way, I wonder is the portion isn't didn't Bama go into business with Unilad? So I think that some of theirs are gonna be streamed on that anyway. 
And Sean, we're getting to the stage where television, it doesn't need to be on television. It just no, no, needs it doesn't. to be on yeah, Facebook. It's a stream, yeah. It exactly, just needs yeah. to be on Facebook. It needs to be on the internet. Yeah. That is it. And um, this weekend, just before we get on to it, uh, before we get on to questions in a few minutes, there's a show in Drogheda this weekend, Cage right. Legacy. Um, I'm just going to put up the card here because there are pro fights on it. I need to say, right, despite plaguing us for the past whatever months, Declan Kenna and the guys behind Cage Legacy Fighting Championships have done a tremendous amount of work in promoting this event. Mm-hmm. Um, in putting money into it, there's a str- it's going to be streamed. You can buy a stream online. Yeah. Um, it has a stacked card from amateur all the way up. Early prelims start at half six. Um, they've got like I'm just looking at some of the amateur names here that I would have interviewed before. Quite a lot of good fighters on it. Then we get onto the pro card. Will Flurry from Cork versus Chris Meaney from Team Taras and Yuri, Franz Malambo versus Benjamin Aaron Davis, Peter Queeley versus Decky Dalton. Those three pro fights wouldn't look out of place on a Bama card in the slightest. Do you know? And then two yeah. top amateurs, uh, Karen Clark, Alexander Yankov, and uh, Michael Votnik and McKinney McKindy Adiemi. I can't. I can never pronounce his nice word, his last word, last name. But I've seen him fight quite a few times. He's a beast as well. This is a great card, and I just want to just chat to you a little bit about the. We'll we'll talk about the pro fights, and then we can uh, get on to. Um, uh, we have another topic as well before the questions. Peter Queeley looking for a quick turnaround here. Decky Dalton was scheduled to fight Norman Park. Norman had to pull out because he was suspended after his fight in ACB in Glasgow. Um, what do you make of this? Is he st- can I, I'll, I'll throw it out first. Queely coming back so short, so quick, after a turnaround after Bama, I think could be an issue. But only he will know himself how fit and healthy he is to come back. Um, I know that his nose was badly banged up. That That's my only concern. I think if he gets a good shot in the nose, that could re-break again. And we speak about when guys get cut from the UFC, maybe that they're chasing a win, you know, to get back in. Paul Redmond did the right thing and he took a lot of time off. Do you think that it could be the same thing said? Is Peter Queeley chasing a win? Or is it just a perfect opportunity of a short notice fight? I, I think a bit of both. I think he probably has to take this fight. Um you know, he was so close to getting in the UFC and I think he probably would have, you know, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but Charlie Ward got signed. I think Peter Creeley probably would have got signed, you know, if he'd won his his last fight against Joe McColgan. So I think you need to, for him, he's probably thinking he needs to get back on the winning trail quickly enough. Um, and I think, um, like, I, I obviously wouldn't know too much about Decky Dalton and stuff. Hasn't fought in, a, fought in a while, but from what I've heard, it's it's probably a good fight for, for Peter Creeley, you know. It's out at lightweight as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, so or I think that's, I think it could be a catch weight, like seventy-two or something. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably a good fight for Queeley to get back on, uh, get back on the horse with, and you know he'd probably be a big favorite going into the fight. Um, and I, like I, after like that loss to John McCoggan was a tough one. It, uh, if he gets back in, gets a win, he's probably thinking get back and get a win here before Christmas, and maybe take one in after, after Christmas then again, or maybe you know maybe even get one if if this is a, uh, if it ends quick or whatever, but. You know, I think I definitely think he needs to to get back in there. Win Norman Park as well. You know, this card was kind of, you know, it was kind of built on Norman Park, and they needed someone 
with a big name to kind of come in and I think they were very lucky that they, they were able to get Queeley to get in there as well and it really has saved the card so I think it's a, you know I think it's it's a win-win for everyone it's still a big card for, or a big name for um for um Dickie Dalton as well so you know it's, I think it's it benefits everyone to be honest Franz Milambo takes on a former SBG man and himself Benjamin Aaron Davis um this is one that excites me okay Benjamin Aaron Davis has been around for years. He fought Own a couple of years ago, took a break, focused on training, focused on himself. Franz Malambo had an up and down amateur career, winning fights that he winning fights, winning culminating in winning the world championships, but also maybe losing fights at amateur and then thinking like just making silly mistakes, but always learning from those mistakes. You know, you're not gonna stand here and say he was undefeated at amateur, he was this and that. He's two and two as a pro now already. He's had two losses. Um, he seems to fight better. When you're talking about chasing a wind, you know, like, it seems like he needed to take those fights at the time. You know, he thought, okay, I've just been injured. I've been hurt. Time to capitalize and get back on it. Where if he had maybe just chilled, waited, healed his injuries, took the fights at home, talked him in Ireland, then you could be looking, talking to Franz Malambo, who's 4-0 and going into this fight. You know, that sort of situation. I don't think he's been... It was hard for Fran to get fights as well, though, wasn't it? It I was think... for a while, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it, it was out of reach, you know, from the two fights that he lost. But he has the potential to set things right, go three and two. And I think against someone as good and experienced and as tough as Benjamin Davis, this is the litmus test for an early pro. Do you know, I don't want to say he's a gatekeeper by any means, but for Franz, if he wins this, you're thinking, okay, let's see him push forward from this. Do you know... Yeah. And at last, you're thinking like he can't afford too many more setbacks. There's not too many guys that have gone Owen or two and three to start their pro careers. Well, I'm sure there has, but yeah, there's been plenty. But yeah, I think there's like you can see with friends all the fights he's lost. You know, it's obviously take down the Finn's ground game kind of kind of an issue. Um, you know, he's obviously a very good striker, and I think that that will improve. But you know, he's taken lots of fights. Maybe, you know, you said people are going away and proving and then come back fighting again. Maybe France needs to do that and maybe this isn't, uh, you know, maybe this isn't the best idea, but you never know. You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe the improvements have come or maybe it's a different style of fighter uh, that he's taking fights against now. But the Ivern he's last has been very experienced, you know, and in, you know, what was it? Was it Japan or his last fight? I think it was, a, you know, it was a tough fight. Um, but Burn. yeah, or Bahrain. Well, he took one in, Jap- he took one Bahrain. in Japan. Was it Yeah, he took one in Japan as well. Yeah, the one Reds was refereeing, wasn't it? Yeah, was that it? Yeah, but um, yeah, I think, I I think there's still great hope for for Franz. I think he has the potential to be a very good fighter, and obviously, you know, his game isn't there yet, but um, with improvements, it, it could be in in the future. And then the last pro fight on the card: Will Flurry taking on Chris Meany. Um, is- short notice. Go on. Is that when was that? When did that come together? Uh, I saw yesterday. Last week, yeah, the last couple of days, and right. pretty much what it was was like when I'm talking about Declan Canada doing the right things for the promotions in order to get this fight. He covered, I believe, some of, if not all, of the costs for Chris's safe MMA stuff. You know, right. to be able to get him cleared because Chris is from the north, has already got his northern clearances done. It wasn't going to get the southern ones done until next year, until he had saved up a bit of money. Um, yeah. from fighting up the north he's booked for a kuma in a couple of weeks time and uh, Declan said no I'll do it let's get this fight on so that's uh, like they really are I, I wish them the very very best and if you're in the northeast if you're from Drogheda Dundalk 
anywhere in the surrounding area. The TLT Arena this Friday, Cage Legacy. A Friday night fight in Ireland. Who loves it? I definitely love it. Don't have to get a Saturday night off work. Happy days. Um, it's going to be a good show. Nice. The fight's going to be good as well. Both men, uh, both men are heavy hitters. They're heavy-handed men. Do not blink. That's all I'm saying about this one. It's going to be a good one. Boom. Speaking of heavy-handed means before we get into the questions, I think we had a couple of questions. Charlie Ward, signed by the UFC, we mentioned it earlier on. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of shocked by it. Uh, very, an early kind of, what is he, 3-1 and one in his UFC career? No, he's obviously a very talented guy, you know, good fighter. He's, you know, um, but 3-1 uh, and one very early, I think, <laughs> you know, the, the Conor McGregor um, released a statement about it and he's kind of saying Charlie Ward is McGregor Inc and he's kind of treating him like a client and stuff so I wonder is, is um, you know I, 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 he talked about maybe uh, partnering, up with, partnering up with Paradigm and stuff his, his management company so I wonder is there a lot more Irish guys going to get signed up with, with McGregor backing him you know could be a great thing for young Irish guys to be with him. But Charlie Ward, how do you think he'll he'll do in the UFC? Do you think his his game is is ready for? I think he's an exciting fighter that will flourish in the UFC. The the fans will warm to him and warm to his style. And with selective match, I don't want to say with selective matchmaking, but we're we are at a stage in the UFC in terms of oversaturation of fighters where they are able to match guys at those levels with guys of their similar level. You know, it's not like a win or two here and he's been thrust into a top 15. You know, yeah. welterweight is one of the biggest divisions in the UFC. 100%, yeah. You know, he has a lot of growth to do still as a mixed martial artist. But luckily, he's at a division at a time in his career. And heavy, like, his first pro fight was against John Phillips. And he was winning the fight up until he got caught. Do you know? Yeah. And that was kind of the set that some guys are more ready than others, do you know, if you get me, there was kind of a thing that, yeah, he could be, he could go far, he could get noticed, he could get big international fights, but it could be earlier than you'd expect, you know, with Charlie Ward, you were never thinking he's going to have to go eight and nine or nine or row before he got in to the UFC, so, um, he's fighting in Albany, in New York, am I right, in New Jersey? Yeah, I believe so. New Jersey. No, New York. New York, so they're doing two, like, they're doing two cards fairly quickly in New York. One yeah. after the other. Ah, oh, that's nice. Um, so let's see what happens. Why not? At the very least, okay. Even if this is whatever people want to say, this is McGregor doing it. This is whatever pulling a string. Yeah. Who cares? What he has effectively done here is given a teammate, a friend, and a good fight. Like we're not going to get up an uproar about it because we know we can fight. Do you know? It's not like it's a, a CM Punk sort of situation here. Yeah. He's effectively given someone minimum two fights in the UFC. Minimum, That's, absolute minimum. If, if other man, you know, if other managers could do that, you know, how many managers can actually do that? Exactly. You know? Like it's like That's what managers should be doing. He's got know? him two fights at minimum, like I'm saying, in the UFC. Let's say six and six, eight and eight, whatever and whatever, a good knockout, a big bonus, and that's a deposit off your house. That's a half your mortgage slashed. Do you know sort of thing? He's now, let alone Reebok or other opportunities or two wins on the trot, then you're looking at guaranteed four fights in the UFC because if you go two and one, then you're getting a second to make it three and one. Yeah. You know, so for Charlie, like, this is what Connor has done and has the ability to do for those around him. And I think that, like, 
whatever way you want to look at it yourself, some people choose to look at things in a negative outlook that, oh, you're taking that spot from someone else who deserves it. Like, there's UK guys that are this and this or that and that. It's like, that's just how the game is. Do you know? Mm. Like, I saw, and this is something I want to actually to ask you about because I saw an interesting debate on Facebook and I just want to pull it up here. Um, it was talking about the Bellator card. Just, go just on, one yeah, thing no, before on. we we move on from Charlie Ward. I think a lot of people as well were talking about, you know, obviously the Joe Carvalho, Joe Carvalho's debt and stuff, and obviously Charlie Ward was the one fighting him. And people were talking about, would this be bad PR and stuff for the UFC? You know, I see where those people are coming from, but I think you have to be able to separate the individual from the incident. You know, I don't think, like, not... Uh, Charlie Ward wasn't to blame for what happened there you know Charlie Ward was just he signed a broad agreement Joe Carvalho signed a bound agreement and what happened was you know it was terrible and tragic but it wasn't Charlie Ward's fault and I think a lot of, I think people can separate that and I don't think I don't, who, who's going to come out and say oh UFC you know UFC are signing this guy you know I, I don't think anyone is going to say that I, to be honest I think I think everyone knows that that Charlie Ward is, you know, he's a good fighter, an honest fighter, and he, he, that incident was was tragic, but it, it wasn't Charlie Ward's fault by any means, you know, and he deserves, uh, you know, he deserves to get more fights, and uh, you know, it's he's getting to the UFC early and stuff, but he's he's definitely he was on that trajectory anyway, so I think uh, I think it's important to to say that as well. Definitely, yeah. well done. Thank you for getting that in there because I for, okay. I I forgot it. Um. So, it was announced the other day that James Gallagher is going to fight Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. That's his name, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember it earlier. And Jason McCabe, who runs Chaos up north, just put up on Facebook. Tell mm. me how this works. A guy with a one-on-one record is on Bellator, who isn't Irish. The cards in Ireland, terrible amateur record. Where and he just gave an example of his fighter, Gavin Kelly, is Irish, eight and three. Great amateur career too. Eight and three at amateur as well. Northern Ireland wrestling champion and a kickboxing champion. And there was an interesting debate underneath that some people were like, Bellator are protecting him. You can't derail a hype train. Record building at its best. Um, but then other people are saying, but he called him out on Instagram and he's already with... Uh, um, your man's already already with Bellator. Then they're saying that he has a big kickboxing record as well, James's opponent. But do you know... Where do you sit on that? Because I, like people, like they, they sort of took it a different way. I'd recommend you just look at it just to see the the thought process beside it because there's a nice, there's an interesting mix of old school thought and new school thought on it. Yeah. Patrick Wicks did come out on the comment and said it's about selling yourself, building a profile at the end of the day. It's entertainment. And this moment, these boys are doing it the right way. Um, Look, well, no. I got a lot of stick when James Gallagher was signed because I said they needed to build him up. And this is how you build someone up. What is James Gallagher? Like 4 and 0, something like that? 4 and 0. Oh. 3 or 4 or 5 fights. In, yeah. Like he's not good. Oh, him a pro for you know, 12 months. Uh, this is the type of fight that he should be fighting, you know. This, we, we, okay, there's there's a level you can get to where it's too much and you should like Michael Vinan Page, we've talked about it. He's he's fighting too many too many of these guys. You know, it's he's been doing it for like four years. James Gallagher, as you said, how long has he been signed to he's had one fight in Bellator? Like he what is he, eighteen, nineteen? These are the fights he should be having. Do you need to build them up? Like I, I don't think people understand. If even if you're a take away the entertainment and everything, just MMA, 
just as as a sport as a, as a fighter you need to be built up you know you can't be you can't like you i'm sure you do grand but you can't throw james Gallagher into a title fight straight away you can't throw him in against the top five you know i'm I'm sure he'd do fine but he'd do better if he has 18 months or two years being built up against guys gradually being built up like mike cutting the last guy he fought he was no great you know he was no great shape he wasn't no and and james Gallagher he won and he won well but he didn't you know he didn't win in a brilliant way so someone similar to him is who his next match should be i think and that's grand this anthony taylor guy you know i don't know anything about him fair enough and it'd be nice to see an irish guy getting getting their go off a similar you know a similar level or um you know a similar record or whatever against james Gallagher be great it would yeah that would obviously be a better option but there's nothing wrong with this matchmaking for me. The guy with two fights against guy with four fights, that happens all the time. Uh, they're trying. They're obviously trying to build up James Gallagher. What's wrong with that? There's no nothing wrong with that. Like they're going to try to build up their their wrestlers that they signed. You know, um, Ed Root and and those other guys. They're going. You know, they're not going to be throwing them Aaron straight Pico in. As well, yeah. yeah, they're they're not going to like Aaron Pico's not going to be fighting fucking. I don't know who, whoever like Michael Chandler and his first fight or whatever. You know they're they're going to be built up. That's how MMA works. That's how you get good fighters. Like James Gunner shouldn't be fighting the top fighters in the world at the moment. You know for me that that's just my take on it. Um, and also, why are you putting Irish guys against Irish? Like we spoke about that as well before. Irish against Irish guys is let them build up. You I'm know what I mean. That, but yeah, but realistically, what in this instance should happen is he should get on to Jude contact Bellator themselves and say I have a guy who's 8-3 and three and he has all of these qualities can we get him a match instead of complaining that James Gallagher's opponent is only this and this do you know am I am I looking at that wrong or yeah like uh, I don't know but maybe by the way the funniest thing about all of it is, or maybe or something. funniest know. thing about all of it Sean is James commented on the status with a link to Ticketmaster you can buy your tickets for my show here just <laughs> enter the password Gallagher <laughs> Like James Gallagher doesn't decide who he's fighting. Like, or you know, it's, it, this is Bellator's mo. It, the issue should be with Bellator, maybe if you want, but I don't think there is an issue to be honest. This is how things should be done. And what we were talking about earlier as well about fighters uh, being built up outside of the UFC or Bellator. We were, you know, we were, t- we were talking about it. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. This is a prime example of it. Like fighters are going to be able to get built up more outside of of Bellator now. James Geller is a different case, obviously, because you know he's kind of signed to one of those developmental contracts, if you'd say, like the Picos and the Ed Roots and stuff. But you're you're going to be able to build up your record better outside of the UFC and outside of Bellator before you get into the ones like this. And I think um, you're going to be seeing a lot more of it, but this, but outside of the UFC, um, I think. And, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of, you know, we get a lot of bad things from boxing and we've ignored a lot of things. But I think this is one thing from boxing that, MMA needs to to get better at. I I think I don't see any problem in guys getting, you know, 10, 12 fights before they get pushed into really tough competition. I don't see any problem with that, to be honest. And I think that's the way it should be. Come here. Yep. How funny was it when Niall McGrath said that he used to play a bit of rugby? Oh, God. <laughs> it was... And then it the was. picture the worst it was i had, I, I was just no, I here it was so bad i used to, I used to play a bit of rugby myself it's lion. no uh, a, secret a an irish lion <laughs> used to play a bit of rugby myself uh oh, talk about it on the pod uh flanker 
<laughs> oh, no, we love you, really. Right. While you're getting up with the questions, Andrew McGahan, let me... Um, That's going to stick me... with me to the day I die, isn't it? Uh, you never know, maybe. Um, let me mention our sponsors, ROS Nutrition, where you can get all your nutritional supplements and all stuff like that. Um, you can get protein, both whey and plant-based. Is that correct? Andrew? That is correct, Sean. You can get uh, your multivitamins. You can get your, your krill oil, all stuff like that. Omni-Joint, I recommend that. Get something like that. Someone actually asked what would we recommend. Omni-Joint is the stuff I'd recommend. Um, there's ginger in that as well, I believe, which is very good for you. Um, get that. rwestnutrition.com. Get 25% off of the promo code SEVEREMMA. Can you do any better than that? I'm not sure you can. Check it out. rwestnutrition.com. Help us help you. Andrew McGann. Questions. We're getting there. I'm just scrolling down to the bottom. How slow. No, no, no. I had to log in and I forgot the password. That's the best password in the world as well, by the way, to our Twitter Twitter account. I can't even remember what it is. Is No, you you know exactly what it is. Is it D? Does it start with D? Yeah, it does. It does. Duke and (laughs) Wah. No. Uh, why do fighters sign big multi-fight deals with the UFC? They get no benefit, no free agency, no renegotiation, and cut at any time from one Mr. Podge. Well, that's because the UFC are a large international multi-corporate company, and that's exactly how they do business. Basically, yeah. That's pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be great if they could only sign one contract at the time. But there's the thing as well. I know they don't get job security out of it, but maybe they think they're, oh, I've got a four-fight deal. I'm going to four. Realistically, the UFC can let you go whenever they want. Uh, but, yeah, I know it's just the way the things work, I'm afraid. Also wants to know, how do you see Ronda's return going? Because she's coming back, UFC 204. No, 207. 207, yeah. Fighting she's fighting Amanda, Amanda Nunez. This is, the, this is a fight... F- that I find hard to call because uh, I think I've said it here before and I said it before she won the title. I think Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes is the most talented uh, 135 pound woman in the world today. But Ronda Rousey is awkward. Her, you know, her judo was even awkward judo from five years or however long she's been in MMA like her style is a style you don't see often and Sean, I want to beat her you've yeah? become a cyborg have I? okay oh wait is it your internet connection maybe is a bit slow I'm here I'm not too sure my give back? Your, give, oh yeah you're back now you slowed down so funny yeah. there you were like you I sound like sure. My yeah. apologies. Yeah, but I think Ronda's style is very awkward. If she can deal with Ronda's judo takedowns and keep the fight standing, she'll knock her out. But if she can't, she'll probably get submitted. Hmm. Nice and simple. John Menton would like to know, are you excited at Goldberg's return to the WWE? What did you think of? Did you see it? I did. It was kind of shitty, wasn't it? It was, to be honest. because Fucking children and kissing them and so Yeah, he yeah. came out and he told the real reason that he's coming back and I thought that was great. But yeah. then it was kind of like... I'm doing this because I want to experience it and this and that. But I think I still have a spear left in me. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty much it. Like, And now you're, now they're all crawling out of the woodwork that I was a WCW fan, not a WWE fan. And Goldberg's my hero and this and that. And it's just quite a lot of it going on. But I don't say I think that they're relying too much on past stars as such. But I will still watch it. That's about it. Like. Yeah, be, be good. Why not? 
Um, da, 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 da. Mr. Podge sent quite a lot of questions in the last week. Um, or do you just keep favouring all of them? I favour all the questions. Any, all right. Uh, who realistically, from Jules Stavely, will Aldo yep. face on his return? If he does return, is Holloway finally going to get his crack? Yeah, surely going to be Holloway. Who else could it be, I wonder? The, maybe Anthony Bettis, but I don't think so. I think it'll be Holloway. Dominic Cruz super fight. There was word of that, and I'd love that, but Dominic Cruz is now fighting Cody Nolov. Official? Yeah, UFC 207 with Ronda. Both bantamweight titles up for grabs on the same night. There you go. Double D, Dragon1964 wants to know, will the next cut at the UFC be the sale of Dana White's private jet? Possibly. Probably not. More than likely not. Mm. Bigfoot Silva cut from the UFC. Do you think he should retire for health? But Or Andy Stevens has said he thinks he should retire for health, but do you think that he will? But he can get back on the TRT now, so it might be all right. You know? I'll fight elsewhere. He actually, yeah, he actually needs TRT. Like, you know? him, give, him, give him six months to get back on the TRT, get back up to his normal, uh, you know, his normal output and uh, fight, give him a fight and risen. I'd watch that. It'd be all right. He wasn't that bad in the UFC in his last fight. No, no, no. Um, Nate Gildee would like to know, how was the week off? And thoughts on if GSP will actually fight again or could it be outside of the UFC? I don't think he'll fight outside of the UFC. Uh, will he fight in the UFC again? Yeah, I'd say he will. There you go. Vincent C would like to know, would the severe lads consider commentary? Watch this space. Hmm. Maybe sooner than you think. Would you mm. like to do commentary one day, Sean? I don't know, but I mean, I think I'd be a. I, I, You'd be an excellent uh, analyst on the desk. Soccer commentary. You'd be great I'd on be the analyst. desk. You'd be yeah. great on the desk. I think. I'd like to. I'd like to call a fight. I would like to do a bit of commentary work. Steve, Canadian Steve, the UK arm of severe MMA. Steve and Sean. Steve has done commentary for ACB before in the past and was quite good at it. To be honest, I'll admit mm. that. I don't give him many compliments. That was one thing he was very good at. MMA oh go on no go on Sorry. MMA True Talk would like to know how do you rate Johnson's chance against Khabib I honestly think Michael Johnson has a great chance uh, I don't think his wrestling is strong enough to be honest um, I think Reza Madadi absolutely ruined him not too long ago uh, and his wrestling can't have improved it has improved an awful lot but it can't have improved to the level of Khabib in that short I don't know what's wrong with Sean Sheehan today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry about this. He sounds like a cyborg. I can't even mute him. Oh, that was quick. Didn't even need to do anything. Sean, you're back with us. You're back alive. Hello there. How are you? You sound much better now. Daniel Bradley would like to know, how do you think Paul Craig will do in the UFC? The bear Jew himself. Friend of Sean Sheehan, enemy of Andrew McGahan. has got signed to the UFC. And uh, I believe he's debuting sooner rather than later. He is. Um... It's hard to know how, how good he'll, he'll do in the UFC because I think Paul Craig, when we saw him, he was just starting kind of his improvements toward be, towards being a good fighter. 
So it's tough to know how far he's gotten. I think a Chris Fields fight would have been a good fight uh, to see that, but obviously that never happened. He's in the OC now, but yeah, I think he definitely is a very talented guy. Um, it's difficult to know how far he's going to go. You know, we haven't seen much of him, to be honest, at a, at a top level. I remember you brought up his, his record before and he hadn't fought the best guys and then he fought uh, Karen Moore, wasn't it? And he won, was he won one fight after that? So we haven't, you know, we haven't seen that much of him. Um, so it'll be interesting. Definitely a talented guy. Definitely could could go far depending on the improvements he's made and stuff. But yeah, definitely interesting one to watch. Um, what are your thoughts on Pat Lundvall leaving the Nevada State Athletic Commission for Ian Thornton? <laughs> I shed a tear last night oh, when I heard that. Yeah. Poor What is up with Sean Sheehan today? Every time I hear Every time I hear her something, something, something. I have no idea what you're saying, Sean. You're gone. You can you hear me? I can now. That is the. We're gonna have to wrap these questions up. I suppose. Yeah, let's we'll wrap take, it up. We'll just take two or more, just to make sure you don't, uh, you don't cut this podcast. Out. You're. It sounds like you're being dragged through time. Um. Here we will finish off with this one for Keen O'Connell because we've actually discussed quite a lot of the topics that the questions come in on. Um. So apologies for cutting them short here, but. With cuts to the UFC staff by new owners, should we expect the roster to be trimmed out too? Yeah, I think there has been a bit already. I think 15 guys got let go. And I think there's going to be more. Especially like if there's less events, there's going to have to be less guys. So yeah, I think there will be. What do you think? Without a doubt. We're talking about them going down to smaller shows to make it to, uh, less shows every year, make the cards more appealing, You know, get more people eyes on the product, not oversaturating the market. It's inevitable. But as you said earlier on, the standard will rise, the level of guys in the UFC will rise, and then the guys that are outside of it trying to get into it will get to a higher level before they get in. So I think it's a pretty fair compromise. Anyway, episode 91 in the book, or 90 in the book. I'm getting excited for my birthday next week. That's next Monday. If anyone wants to send the birthday wishes or the cards or the presents, no problem. Get them out there to me as quick as possible. Um, Follow us on Twitter. At Severe MMA Pod, he is at Sean Sheehan BA. I am at Andrew McGatton underscore. We've had a we've enjoyed our break. We're back. The Severe MMA Podcast is back in your life. A nice hour and twenty or so minutes in the book there, Sean. I don't know about you. I enjoyed it. I'm back. I'm happy to be back in our little routine of po- podcasting. Yes, I also world. enjoyed it. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Crystal clear. Uh, very good. You're not gonna. You're not going to drop it like it's hot first before. I'm, I'm just afraid I'm going to die. No, it was good. Again. Very enjoyable. Um, good to be back. Thanks for everyone who was patient with us after not being here last week. And we'll be back again next week to discuss Tony Ferguson against Rafael dos Anjos. Excellent. So, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sheehan. Until then, see you next Tuesday. <laughs>